right, we're back with Adventure. This is the adulting series. We have Jocelyn here. She's going to let her, us know about her journey, where she is now, where she's been, and what looks bright for her future. Here we go. Who are you, Jocelyn? Please introduce yourself. Hello. Uh, my name's Jocelyn Cornell. I was born in California, but I was raised in Houston, Texas all of my life. Um, I grew up in Southeast Houston, uh, in Grandel Park, Pecan Park, um, that area right down the street from Moby. Um, and yeah, that's where I come from. Yes, thank you, Jocelyn. We're so lucky to have you interview with us because one, you're a working woman, two, in the modern world, and three, now you have, uh, you know, someone coming along right with you, yes. from within you. And we're so excited for you. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm expecting a little boy. I'm uh, about to hit five months in a week. And I'm due November 24th, which is a day before Thanksgiving. So oh that's gosh. exciting. Praying it comes yes. before then. But, um, <laughs> yeah, or after. Or but, after. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited. It's my first baby. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. We are wishing Jocelyn just a very warm welcome to her first baby boy. So we will definitely be sending you positive vibes and definitely a care package, okay? Because I, I just can't imagine, like, just, to, you know, everything going on no yeah like you're, you're i really give you props right now oh thank honestly. you thank you after the pandemic i was like you know why not now anything can happen tomorrow so let's you, just go yes out. you're absolutely right yeah so w with that you know that thinking a lot of people have been making large life decisions but and every day, like, we're not thinking about it, but each decision we make is leading us to our our next destination. And we want to go ahead and ask you about that, Jocelyn. Can you kind of tell us your journey on um, kind of where you started to get an interest in your career and what kind of, let's see, what kind of, mentors did you have that really helped you and believed in you and you know or were you an advocate just for yourself like can you tell us something about that yeah so growing up um, being first generation and having two immigrant parents that that few, like in the future became uh, U.S. citizens it was always like a pressure on the oldest and I was the oldest to set an example for my other siblings and to kind of break that generational curse, as they say, especially, you know, with your parents not knowing any English, um, being here for the first time, and you yourself having to navigate life, even as a little kid, um, just trying to figure out day to day, like, how am I going to survive knowing I have limited resources? So I think it was that pressure, which isn't healthy, um, yeah. but is definitely something that 
always stayed in the back of my mind. Um, it was just that sacrifice of my what my parents did and how I should reward that in itself. And um, just being built with good, um, I guess, how, how would I say it? Morals, but in the same way, work ethic, because... Mm -hmm. Uh, our parent, well, my parents, like, no excuses, no this, no that. So it was always that pressure. But growing up, that wasn't my first thought of, like, having an education because I love to dance. Right. So dancing was always... Yes. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Because yeah. you for sure got some moves. Girl, you can dance, okay? Thank you. Yes. So... I mean, you know, uh, in middle school, I was, I think, seventh grade. Like, you you know how you were in the band? Like, we, I loved the band at Didi, and I would just hear them play, and I saw it's interested because I always love music, and I always love to dance. Yes, so that's okay. How, yeah, that's how I started, and later on, uh, we I moved on to high school, which was Milby High School, and they had a, a pretty good dance team. So my first year, my freshman year, I tried out, but um, there was three teams. And on one of the teams, they were looking for a new captain. And I just raised my hand, like, I'll be captain. Like, I don't, okay. yeah, like, let me try it out. No one wants to raise their hand, I'll raise my hand. Okay, she said, um, <laughs> hello, you need a bitch in charge. Yeah. So <laughs> there was always that initiative, like, okay, I need to step up all the time, you know? Yes. So I, I did that, and uh, that was throughout high school. I was a, the, a leader, and I was making up dances and doing all that. And I wish I had um, more support from, like, my family, only because they didn't see it as something that was going to advance me in my career. It was just a setback, and it was just something that... It, it was an activity for them but for me it was it was special like it got me to exercise got me yeah. you know it's therapeutic very even even like zumba or anything it's just good to yeah. do and it really it did release a lot of endorphins and i enjoyed it for a long time but again like that responsibility of setting that example always stuck with me so mm -hmm. besides dancing in high school i joined an organization called hosa which is the Health Organization Students of America. And they had two, two classes. And uh, I think we, we either had to apply or sign up for them, but they were given to us during school. And then after school, we can go ahead and, and do uh, healthcare activities. So our professor, yes. yeah. If you, if you guys are unfamiliar with that, so, for one, you couldn't just walk up to Milby and be like, oh, uh, this is my first year here, and I want to be in. And they'd be like, no, you need to apply. Like, this is not, oh, I think I'm going to give this a try. No, like, it was something you had to apply for. So, that right there, she was already just setting structure for herself. And she was like, this is, I'm going to give this a try. Even though it might be a little time-consuming, she went ahead and put those shoes on. Yeah, because um, growing up, like, you think, what's a stable job? What's a stable job? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, it's healthcare. And 
back then there weren't any like making money from social media making money from just being you YouTube, you know yeah. doing all the there was not a lot of push for your own business so it was very go to school or you're not going to be anyone so that's also maybe why I was so on to, okay, I need to get an education, I need to find something I'm passionate in. And so HOSA dealt with all that um, when it comes to finding the correct space for you. So they would take us to field trips to different hospitals and kind of show us the departments of where we could, be, where we could possibly work in the future. Okay. So we all... Um, we all went to different floors. We Some of us went to ER. Some of us went to, um, like, oncology. But I remember going through rotation in the histology lab and someone coming up to me telling me, hey, um, if you're interested, Houston Community College has a two-year program, and it's, it's faster than going and getting a bachelor's degree. But at that time, I was so set on, I'm gonna be a nurse, I'm gonna be a nurse, I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And um, after high Which school- Which is go ahead. only fair because, you know, in high school, they're like, no, you need to go get your four-year degree. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and if I, I did have someone to tell me back then, you don't have to do that. You don't have to take out the loan. You could just go to community college. There's nothing wrong with that. I would have I would have probably listened, but I was so headstrong on, I need to complete this because this is what all successful people go through, which success isn't what you think success is at the time. And yes. so, yeah, definitely. And so I graduated in 2013. I had applied for a CNA position at Methodist, which is just a nursing assistant that um, helps clean up the patient, take their vital signs, kind of like a beginner stage of like an intro to healthcare. And they paid for our certification, um, a program that it was, um, do you remember Mr. Renee? He dealt with communities in school. No, I remember him. Okay, so he was a program director that helped students kind of get their first jobs, like at uh, law firms, uh, hospitals, things like that. So he kind of helped oh, us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he helped us do that. So he uh, went to the HOSA class. Oh, I heard something like that. I remember. Okay. Yeah, he okay. went to the HOSA class and he asked, like, who would be interested. Me and two other girls applied and we got in and we became CNAs for the summer. Um, okay. So it was a so very, yeah, we got paid. We got paid. We didn't get paid what they get paid, but we got paid oh, okay. at least the minimum. Something. Something. Okay. Yeah. So that, that was a, a good way of seeing like how nurses are uh, like in their atmosphere and like the hard work mm-hmm. they put in. And it, it was really shocking. It's not what you think that you see, like, on Grey's Anatomy or whatever else goes on. Sadly. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's with every job. But, yeah, so after that, in the summer, I had gone into Texas State University. And I wanted to experience the college life just in case I had any regrets in the future about not being able to go to four uni- university. So I did that. I realized that. 
either I was going to sign up for the next year or I was going to go back home because I couldn't afford taking out another loan and having that piled up with interest. Also, it was right. not just my, my loan. It was also a parent plus loan because you can only get so much. And it, it really, it, it wasn't just going to affect me, but it was going to affect my parents' finances if I had to take another a loan out from that. So, yeah. I, yeah. With that, a lot of people forget. I feel like they're like, oh, this, this majority of people don't go to school. Uh, why not? It's because racking debt, like, like that's not. No. It, it, it's not fair for for you to get like this top paying job and then be in debt for like how many years of your professional career? Like, exactly. Like that's that's what I feel like would be the biggest win. If anything, if student loan debt was just like, you know, what what would be stopping anyone from going to school? Like, what harm is that? Exactly. Like, all of us would be more educated, have better jobs if we if we pleased to, if we had a free education. Like they do yes, in other like, countries. And it's crazy because doctors can practice in another country come here with their license but everything was paid for over there so it's, exactly it's like we would be helping each other you know yeah but um it's the difficult part of living here you know that and yeah. healthcare in itself but um so go ahead so where are you now in your journey jocelyn oh okay do you see so. do you see high school jocelyn Whenever you, you know, look back, do you remember who she was? I do. She was very bubbly, very friendly, na- kind of naive in a way. Like, she, I always saw the good in people. Um, yes, I honestly, yeah, you're just like a positive person. So I think like, people just like gravitate towards you. Like, they just, they're just like, oh yeah, look, it's Jocelyn, hey. Yeah, and... Like, whenever I see you, you're always happy. You were never, like, in a bad mood. Yeah, and I always try to keep that that attitude. And then, you know, you go through life, and it just breaks you. And you're like, why is this person evil? And then you start questioning, and you don't smile no more. You try not to smile, because you're like, I'm afraid to be nice to this person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, um... Yeah, looking back... It was a journey, like, even after leaving Texas State and coming back home, I applied for nursing school. I hated it after, like, the first semester. I quit nursing school. I didn't go to school for a whole year because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So that was really tough for me because I was always go, 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 busy, busy, busy body. That right. just stopping. I can really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just stopping and, and really like not doing anything kind of puts you in a, well, put me in a very like depressed mood where I didn't see that like light at the end of the tunnel. I always like saw myself higher than when I was, but I always thought, you know, I don't have money and if I don't have money, I can't just borrow money. Yeah. You know, like I. 
it's like you're in a in a wheel almost exactly you know what i mean yeah Yeah, you're like i can't have this without that you need a a balance yeah but you know that i just want to like you know put that spotlight there that you you saw something that was realistic you know what i mean and that was a a pivotal moment for you it really was yeah, like, that's really good that you've seen that, because most people, they'll stick it out and then get a job that they don't want, and then they're just miserable with that career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, yeah, for sure. But um, after realizing that, I just remembered that lady from my rotation in high school telling me, you can go to HCC. There's a program at College uh, Coleman Campus, which is in the medical center, okay. that you can go to. I looked it up. I saw that I had most of the prerequisites because they're almost the same as the nursing ones. I just mm-hmm. needed like one or two classes. I took those. I applied for the histology program. And that's where I guess my career started or my passion started. Because it all started from remembering, like, my microbiology class and staining slides. Mm -hmm. I like doing hands-on things, and it looked like art because it's different stains, different colors. So I'm a very, like, visual person. Even with dancing, like, I like to move my body. I like to see the art, things like that. I like music. So that just made sense to me that I can, you know work with my hands yeah and get lost in yeah the, yeah so yeah that's almost an art itself yeah it is yeah. when you look at, you examine those specimens in the microscope it it you know the colors just the way everything is like you it's almost like a visual art for sure, and it tells a story. Like every piece of tissue is made different, and it makes me—it makes you look at like what you have around you and see that structure, because you see a cell and you're like, "Oh, this cell is damaged," or "This cell has cancerous, you know, cells around it. What's wrong with it? What's causing it?" And then you look at the trees. You look at the roots. It reminds you of what the tissue you looked like the other day. Like you everything kind of goes into one you know and it's just a beginning to an end and everything's a story so it was it's really nice to just do you do your work and then see the ending process and then help a patient with that and help a doctor uh diagnose that so that that is so beautiful like that's so nice and most people are just like oh it's a lab you know they just have one job they just look everything yeah and you know it's cut and dry yeah but that's where the passion for your career comes in and now that you're putting dancing and your career kind of like together I kind of see where the passion sparks you know that's awesome yeah and everything at work right now is um very like uh it's kind of orchestrated in your own way we have a block well from the i could just tell you like what happens from in the lab like from beginning to end but um basically there's a something called a pathology assistant that helps the doctor section a big piece of organ 
So let's say they have an ovary, the PA will slice that up in whatever margins they believe that the doctor wants to see and whatever part of the um, organ he wants to see like or look at or diagnose to make sure that he diagnosed it right. So no diagnose, like any diagnosis that happens in the lab is because a group of doctors already got together and kind of said, okay, maybe it's this. But once it gets to the pathologist, it's like, you need to make sure that it's really that because then we'll be sending the patient with a diagnosis that's probably not even real. So it's just like wow. a, yeah, so it's just like a for sure kind of thing looking at the tissue because the, the tissue doesn't lie. It's like reading something, you know, it's on paper, but it's on a slide. Yeah. So that, that is so awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean it's it's crazy how these pathologists, these doctors can just see something and automatically know what type of cancer, where it's coming from and if it's you know malignant anywhere else. Also with like any surgeries I just uh, got done where they take out most of the cancer, they'll take another piece from that organ just to double check if they took out everything. So the pathologist will look again, oh yeah, you got the whole cancer or, oh, there's still cells there. You need to go back in. So that's very interesting because it's just one, I guess, big orchestrated thing that has to happen to make sure the patient goes home without anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah, that's like the safest option when you really think about it because it's not that doctors are making I would say predictions you know it's based off of like results but also you you can't you can't see through a human body you know what I mean like you can make several assumptions but how do you know for sure yeah and like that's how autopsy for me is really like well like the medical examiners is very interesting for me because you could see per se like a body that's been deceased that's been sitting somewhere for a couple of hours you can get that tissue and see well what did they die from did they not have oxygen at the time did they not have any blood flow at the time and when they look at the cells they can see that if you know there was no oxygen or if there was or any of that and then they um, get the cause of death and it's just a big old investigation because it's kind of a mystery at the time so yeah. They, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I got to make a rotation, a clinical rotation at the forensics medical examiners in Harris County. So that was really interesting. Very spooky. That is so awesome. Yeah. Like, that's almost best of both worlds. Like, you know, you could be on one half, like, this is almost like a crime mystery. And the other half, you're like, no, I'm just advancing, like, health science. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is so awesome. Yeah. It's, wow. It's, it's pretty cool once you think about it. Sometimes it feels so routine. You're just working, working. Then you step back and you look like, this isn't for me. This is for the patient. Or, like, if, you know, sometimes you're at work and somebody doesn't want to be there. It's really busy. And, you know, there's attitudes, energy flowing, and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. It's like I have to teach myself, Jocelyn. I'm a, not that I'm an empath, but I feel when someone's not okay. And all, yes. Like my, yes, like my instinct is like, 
are you okay? Like, how, what can I do, you know? But yeah. I need to learn. Recently, I've learned this, that I need to just not do much because it can bo- bother people. Like, right now, there's a very power dynamic going on in the lab. And oh, it's, yeah, so we're all learning to just be okay. But sometimes mm-hmm. people might not be okay, and I'm okay with that, you know? It's yeah. not me, it's them. And yeah. that's my that's my biggest struggle right now. But I love my job, and it's very rewarding going back home and thinking, oh, I cut 30, I cut, I cut like 100 blocks today, or that was like... 300 patients I helped, you know, one case mm-hmm. can have 40 blocks. Oh, I cut that pretty wow. fast. The doctors can get that diagnosis quickly out to them. So then I just think like, okay, I put out the work, the doctors are happy, the patient's happy, I'm happy. So that's, that's my goal. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself, like, I'm, I'm in this position because God put me in this position. So yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah, like, honestly, that, like, at the end of the day, I would have been thinking about that, too. Like, that's so awesome. Okay. Let me get settled here. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, and I just want to touch, touch up on these people who just let the power dynamic. Like, people who do that at the workplace, like, just leave your problems at home. Exactly. Your attitude, your ego, exactly. leave it at the door. Like, that's just not necessary. Yeah. And this person, this is like a new person who got a lead position, which is great because oh. I still don't have the experience for a lead position. But it bothers but, them when... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, like, even if you get a lead position, it doesn't mean like an asshole. Yeah, so you know. right now the the what happened not that long ago, uh, we all just try to sit down, cut door work, and we don't need anyone to lead us because we've been out with out alive because we all need our jobs, you know. Yes. And uh, that, I can relate to that because with COVID, it, w- it was really hard, but my patience just grew like half an inch. And I started to kind of do the same thing. Like, I was really bad. I was like, I want to say extremely bad, but road rage was a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it just, something like that. If, you, or if you're having a bad day, you can bring the energy to wherever your destination you're going to. Work, the store, if you're going back home. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like a dark cloud. Exactly. So I try to remind myself that too. Yeah. Because when people are acting like toxic in the workplace, it's just a reflection of like how they're thinking of themselves. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, like try to remember that. Because honestly, like we don't know how long we're going to be here. You know what I mean? Yes. Stuff like that. Yes. Like, I'm trying to de-stress myself. No, yes. Because I, I absorb, like, all kinds of stress, you know, from, like, nothing at all. I'd be like, why why she say that like that? Yes. Like, like you, you, just, 
Yes. Yes. But, but for you listeners, if there's anything you take away from just all of this itself, like, please do not overstress yourself. Okay? Like, we don't know what we're meant to do sometimes, but our destination is gonna will find us whether you wanted to or not yeah for sure but. and um yeah it's just a learning experience but it's like anything if you love what you do that's the minimum part of it it's like you can block that out if you know if it's really toxic you know definitely start documenting and writing down scenarios of how you felt or what happened but if it doesn't get to that point and you're okay, then I'm, I'm starting to to look into, you know, those sound baths? For med- what is that? Tell me about that. Um, so, like, I've been not getting into meditation, but obviously meditating helps to calm yourself down. Yes. And I always say, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to lay in bed and relax myself. But when you're in bed relaxing yourself, you start playing back scenarios. Yeah, and you're like, wait, I'm not really relaxed. My body might be relaxed, right. but my mind is is going. So, like, when I have a hard day at work or it's really busy or any of that, like, I try to listen to alpha waves or sound waves because it's just okay. linear. It's Yeah, it's really linear that I'm just like, okay, I've gone into a trance where I've started to realize, like, I'm not that I'm no one, but there's so much, so much, like, that's going on in the world that's much bigger than me. And I look at, like, videos of, like, NASA, and I'm like, wow, you know, what what an amazing world. You know, what an amazing life we have just to, to still be alive and to still breathe and have what we have. Most of us have our families, which I'm really like, I'm really blessed to have that. So it's just a constant reminder, like to just shut everything down and just think like, I'm not, nothing I'm feeling is, is I'm going to forget about this in five years from now, you know? Right. I'm going to be in another world probably dealing with other stuff. So why stress about it that much? You're right. Yeah. That, that is so awesome. And, like, most people don't think outside of themselves. So that's that speaks a lot. Thanks. Coping so mechanisms. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Everyone needs to work on their own. Yeah. Whether sure. it's, like, discipline... Or if you have, like, anger problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, about the road rage, I get it just driving, like, in traffic. That's me. I think, like, honestly, that's not our fault. No, Houston... We can blame... <laughs> Houston traffic is ridiculous. Yes, exactly. We could, we'll just blame um, Governor Abbott <laughs> once again. Yeah. Because all he does is just, like, pocket money from organizations and ERCOT, thinking that nobody is going to know. That's what I'm saying. I was like, how can we trust our own 
like state and governor to keep us safe yes, I hate that and like i don't know if you heard about that case or that story of the young boy who passed away holding his brother during the winter storm oh yeah they were in a in a trailer home or something i think yeah and then the next day i see that the sun's out and it pains me because it's like one day it was so cold and no one could bear it and the next day it was like bright bright a bright day and i was just like thinking to myself well, what a horrible situation for that mother and what can make it better nothing could make it better yeah because she, she literally lost her son yeah and and that's just from that speaks volumes from the negligence that we kind of see here in texas yeah and even when i found out i was pregnant I was seven weeks pregnant, or about to be eight weeks pregnant, when uh, Greg Abbott announced that they passed the bill to, like, not have any abortions after six weeks. Mm-hmm. The heartbeat bill, or whatever it is. But to me, yeah. that was that was so unfair because if I was in a bad situation and I had to terminate the baby for whatever reason, which is you know it wouldn't matter because it's our body. I wouldn't right. be able to. There was no choice, you know. Exactly. So it's and just, that's the yeah. yeah, that's the injustice. Again, like the you know the power strangle that they want to have. They want to stay like keep Texas conservative when the population it just it's it's mainly people of color mm-hmm. and their policies just don't match and I think that's that's why a lot of people are getting really personal with uh, government issues lately because you know some people just don't want to talk about politics